This is a HeadGum Podcast. Yay, hello. Welcome to Enemies. My name is Lisa Traeger, and we have a brand new, amazing episode. I'm so thrilled. I'm actually sitting with my bear pussy on a hotel leather chair. So, you know, I'm sorry to my pussy, and I'm sorry to the future um, people that stay here, but my juices are flowing. Is that too much for up top? I think so. For everyone that is just joining, um, I'm at Just for Laughs Montreal. That has nothing to do with new listeners. Listen, this is an enemies podcast. We talk conflict. We talk relationships. We get advice from professionals. It really is a dream come true for me. I do want to do some business up top because I always forget and I do need you guys to call and give me voicemails and let me and my guests help with your issues. This episode is actually jam-packed full advice episode and you'll understand why in just a moment but don't forget the voicemail number 323-677-1943 call me with all your issues or stories also you know give a little stars give a little rate review subscribe whatever am i emma chamberlain youtube genius yes i am telling you all the things to do um, am I in Montreal? Yes, I'm having so much fun. I thrive at a festival. It really, I love an organized fun situation where everyone I like is in a hotel. The other side of that is, yes, I have been in a couple fights. And I was reflecting today because sometimes I can't keep my emotions in check and sometimes I do get mad, but also so many misogynists and white men in comedy are just like so annoying at times. And, um, you know, and it's very much like they drive me to a point where I do act crazy and then they're like, you're psychotic and crazy. And it's like, yes, because your calm of what's happening in the nation is so fucked up. And I rekindled, um, I haven't seen like a friend in a while and we saw each other like 2016, right? Post-election. And I was pissed and like pissed. And when I saw him again, this festival, he was very much like, Oh, remember when you were like crazy over that? And then later in the convo mentioned something like, Oh, I had no idea Roe v. Wade was going to get overturned. Like I couldn't believe it. And it's like, I cannot believe in the same breath. You're saying that you still believe I was crazy in 2016. And now you see what had happened. And you're like, I didn't know it was happening. And it's like, I did. I even texted you when Brett Kavanaugh got like put on the court and I was like, are you like, hello, is this not crazy? And so it's just like really frustrating that instead of being like, wow, you were right in 2016 to be really stressed out. Look what's happening now. And Roe v. Wade is overturned. It was like, you were nuts and who cares? And it's just like that attitude drives me fucking crazy. And so I lose it and whatever. Um, what else did I want to say? What other drama have I caused? But my big thing is no matter how crazy I am or like, if I cause a scene or fight with someone like these guys are friends with rapists, like full on sexual criminals, people that are abusers. So it's like if I don't know if you can forgive your rapist friend, I think you can forgive me for acting a little crazy at a dinner. We already hugged. Everything's fine. Say lovey. I said, I'm sorry. I'm trying to grow. Um, I was in a rage. Uh, someone was annoying me. And like, even though this podcast is about like enemies and all of that, like confrontation does stress me out. So I woke up at 3 a.m. Then I woke up at 6 a.m. And I was awake for hours and it fucked up my whole day because sometimes I just, I wish I was not pressed and I can like let things roll off the shoulders or whatever the saying. And I was doing a good job. I mean, I've been at this festival since the 19th of July. I'm here till August 1st. So obviously, you know, to lose my shit on the 25th is um, only six days. Okay. I'm going to take a breath. 
I'm talking really fast. The other thing someone brought up like, oh, I heard you said this about someone. And it wasn't true. It's kind of nice when something's not true and you don't even have to stress and be like, well, that's a lie. And if anyone wants to believe that, that's on them. Like, I have nothing to prove. If people want to believe this person over me and who I am and the people who know me know I wouldn't do that. Cool. Believe that person. I do not care. Um, But I was also thinking like so much of what this a friend revealed that this person said about me was like, at the end of the day, this guy, he wanted like approval from me. You know, he wanted to be my friend or for me to like him or whatever. And I've also got a message from a friend recently that was like, oh, when I first met you, I was so intimidated and you were so confident and this and that. And it's like, I was thinking about both those happening in one week and that's on you. I'm just living. I'm just a person like I don't I can't do anything for your life. And if you think I'm like fun, we'll get a vibe going. But if you are so into my approval or you need me to like you, you need to figure out why that is. You know what I mean? You're putting something on me or projecting importance on me that just does not exist. I'm just like a chill girl and my shoes. I wear (laughs) I wear my sneakers with no socks. My feet smell. I'm sitting like pussy out, like feet smelling. Um, This is who I am. And if you're like so pressed that I'm your friend, like you need to figure out why you need me to like you or not and um, be okay with someone not liking you. And that's a really hard thing to do, I guess, like being okay with someone just not being into you. But just some things I was thinking about while at this festival, there's a lot of industry, a lot of new people, a lot of friends, a lot of enemies, comics, fest, show, 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 obviously always hoping to fall in love. Um, I'm going to bring up my guests because I got to cover this pussy and head to my show. I've been doing the nasty show. Also, I'm going to be better about this. I'm on the road. I'm going to be in San Diego, August 12th and 13th. Please come see me. I'm very excited to be at Mike Drop Comedy Club. Um, So see me there. And if wildly you listen to this the moment it comes out, Friday the 29th, honey, Montreal, I'm doing That's Messed Up Live with my friend Kara Clank. Okay, so our guest is incredible. I've known him for a while now I would say like eight years maybe less maybe more time is weird but he is so smart empathetic I really enjoy him because he is a man that gives advice to women and it's mostly about dating but it's not like he's just not that into you it's like very empowering amazing advice and I knew he would be perfect for this show one because he's popular and I'm trying to glob onto any followers of his but also he's great he's like a Jewish boy I always say he gives me cousin energy from the moment I kind of met him I felt connected he's a great friend an amazing hang good time generous of spirit and of wallet. I'll be honest. You know what I mean? Um, he really is amazing. It's Jared Freed, if you're wondering. Um, I was a regular on his podcast for years, and he has grown his empire in such an amazing way. Like, watching him grow his podcast and his stand-up and everything has been awesome. Um, so Jared Freed has a podcast called You Up so popular um with you know the batches network he has his own podcast the j train podcast he does bachelorette things the board lord um he does there's more there's more the luxury lounge um he's on the road all the time he works so hard he's good to his family he's uh keeps in touch with friends he's honest good communicator and he gave such good advice to the people that called in so if you're someone that um 
did reach out and needed some advice. He, and a lot of, he's, he's harsh. So it's not Lisa Traeger advice. It's Jared Fried advice. And it might be a tough pill to swallow, but it comes from love and wanting um, strangers to grow and be better. Um, so enjoy this episode with Jared Fried. I'm so fucking excited. Jared Freed, Carmen San Diego vibes. You're That's all right. over the world. All I do, I'm seeing this great country of ours, just city to city, eating all the food. Who's most annoying? Who's the where most the annoying? Mo- where are the most biggest enemies of everywhere you go? Like you go to a town and you're like, these motherfuckers. Um, I don't like exhausting people. Like I don't like people that are just like, like I... I was in Springfield, Missouri, and there's people, they have open carry there, which like, it's like, you just see a guy dressed as a war person for Halloween. Like, it's like very bizarre. And you see like a, just a huge fucking gun. And I'm like, is I, I wasn't sure if they're a cop or not, you know, and you go, you're just an exhausting human. Like if you're not, if you're not, you know what I mean? Like you see, and I don't mean, I don't, I don't mean to make this political, but I'm like. No, that's worse than exhausting to me. Lunatics with guns running around town is more than exhausting. Like, that's what terrifying. Are, what are you, Yosemite Sam? Like, you know, like I don't, I just don't understand it. Like it, it's such an intimidating thing from someone. And you look at them, they would have like huge, like I saw just a group of them like it was like what they did to hang out was to just walk around looking intimidating. And you're like, you've taken this to a different place than where it was intended to be. And it's cosplay because it does the opposite yeah. to me. I don't look at people like that and go hot, hot. I go yeah. losers. You're a yeah. loser. And they also had like motorcycles. People would just drive through the town like revving their motorcycles. It just felt like a place where everyone wanted to let you know, like, I'm here. Yeah, you got you got something wrong with it? And then you're like, oh, everyone just scares me here. So You know, I've been there like five times to Springfield, Missouri. Five because times? Kenny DeForest is from there. And really? he would, yes, his parents have a house there. That's where he grew up. And so when we were younger comics in Chicago, we would drive eight hours and do shows in like Mexican restaurants and different places in Springfield Ah. and swim in his parents' pool and go to eat. And he would always be like, we're known for the Chinese food. I go, there's no fucking way you're known for the Chinese food, (laughs) dude. (laughs) No, I'm going to go with San Francisco. I'm going to go with like, you know, the Northeast. Yeah, I guess that, that was your Connecticut earlier in comedy like for me you'd go to connecticut to like a bar show like uh, where you'd go you know well, when you the start comedy, like is, where you go away to you know yeah but the midwest that is why chicago is awesome because it would be wisconsin michigan mm-hmm. ohio i never went to like iowa or minnesota but you have like a whole ring around you of midwest you know places to go yeah i guess you know new york when you start there you have like Connecticut and then like Jersey, you know, Staten Island. You just have way more aggressive places that are not going to like, like way more Italian restaurant um, back of like, you know, 50 50 raffle in a firehouse type of shows. Okay. I'm sorry. I just got distracted. I have one friend, Sydney okay. Washington. <laughs> she calls me without fail 
every time I start a podcast. Really? No matter what podcast, when, where, I will get a fucking call from her the moment she, I start recording. She has mom timing. <laughs> That's like my mom. My mom calls at the... If it's the worst time, it's my mom calling. And she also... My mom will also pick up oh, no. the phone when she has no time. She, and then will she be stressed or she'll be busy and talking? She'll pick up the phone and go, I, I can't talk to you right now. And you're like, you could have just sent this to voicemail. No, they're old. They can't. Like they uh, can't. my parents, they will sprint to the phone. And it's like, <laughs> who cares if you miss this call? Yeah. You'll get it again. You'll call them back. They're sprinting. Um, they don't, they don't understand. They have different standards of communication that are not for us. I, I agree. We, and they're obsessed with us. Parents want to hear our yeah. voices. They're so happy that you're calling. They ha like, they can't believe it. Oh yeah. My mom, like she'll go, I mean, even when I call her and she has no time, she'll go, I, I, I can't talk to you right now. And I'll go, okay, call you back. She'll go, everything. Okay. And I'll go, you <laughs> yeah. just said you can't talk. And she goes, she goes, but I, okay. Love you. Okay, love you. And you're like, this could have, this was done. This was, this shouldn't have happened. We shouldn't have spoken. We shouldn't have, everything here is wrong. Yeah, but is she also fake busy? Oh, of course. My mom has yeah. nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. My mom, my mom is the king of, I have no time with things that you would go, none of these things are things that make up a, like a busy person's calendar. She would, your mom would be an amazing real housewife. Oh, my God. She would be so funny on that show because she would, you know, she would talk out the drama and she also wouldn't understand. I don't think like 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 that this is being vi filmed at all. Like it would just be life would go on. It wouldn't be acted out. She, the cameras would be forgotten about very quickly. Well, that's why, you know, you're a good friend. There's a couple guy friends in my life, in my life, my lives. Mm. And the reason I think they get me or understand for you, it's you have this Jewish mother that mm -hmm. you are close with. That is, um, I wouldn't say a maniac, but acts wild. I, and yeah. my other guy friends, Noah Garden Shorts and Anthony DeVito, they're good. They understand me because they have Jewish wives slash girlfriends, fiancés mm -hmm. yes. that are kind of it's like a Jewish vibe of lunacy. You, and because you guys have that in your orbit, I am able to be myself and you're not mad. You don't really fully act annoyed, even though you are. You just know how to like take embarrassment i don't know what it is you it's have so to comforting. form a a jewish woman callous over yes. time you have to it's like when you go to the gym and you start getting those things the calluses on your on your palms because you're using the weights for the first time and then over time your hands you know get used to it. it it is the same with jewish women you have to have a certain amount of patience you have to understand like i remember growing up there were two types of people. There were like with my mom. There would be people that'd be like, "Your mom's like your mom, like crazy." And then there were other people who'd be like, "I fucking love your mom." You know, like it was very uh, a very different vibe. You know, it's like the difference between like laughing at you and laughing with you. Like you knew there was a big difference between people who had experienced uh, a Jewish mother and people who had no experience whatsoever. And it's like. And it's the same with you. I, I know when to back off. I know when to I know when to kind of, you know, lean in. I know I know how to go with, with, with during a Lisa Traeger, you know, moment. 
Yeah, and you know my favorite friendship expert coach, Danielle Byar Jackson, can never talk about her enough. She says friendship, like the core of friendship, is someone you could be your full self around. Oh, of course, yes. And I, I don't know if we all remember that, but that is how I feel. Like right, because when I met you, obviously I, we're going on the road. You've mm-hmm. become the the king of betches. It's beautiful to see. <laughs> um, selling out theaters, giving the best advice. You're going to give advice soon. Can't but wait. when we met to go on the road, I'd never met you. I walk into your Jeep. You do give off, you know, bro vibes. I was like, sure. who's going to be this bro? And then immediately it was comforting. You Easy. were immediately like, I'll call the Uber. I'm carrying the luggage. I'll get the thing. We'll go eat here. I'll pick up the Jimmy John's. Like what? you were just so <laughs> thoughtful. I was like, whoa. Well, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I do think, I, you know, there's a comfort with meeting someone that you feel like you've already met. Like with you, I felt like I had already known you. I didn't really, there, was, there wasn't going to be a lot of like, so, you know, what do you think about this? I, you know, I just knew, and I think that goes both ways, but I think, especially in comedy, we meet so many different types of people that you're not really sure that you have no experience with. Like you meet types of people that in like, again, that Springfield, Missouri show, like now 12 years into comedy, I go, I know to expect the unexpected and unexpected sometimes is meeting someone who like is, you know, Jewish from the Midwest that culturally like I have a lot in common with and just understand, you know, I did this show in Springfield, Missouri. I walked into, there was a Thursday show and we had host feature headliner. And then Friday there was the, I get there at like showtime cause I wanted to walk in, you know, late. So I didn't have to like see people or whatever. And then, the host goes up and brings up this 90 year old man. And <laughs> I go, I go, is, I go to the owner. I go, is there a new opener tonight? And they go, Oh no, that's, that's old man. Willie. He does five minutes on all the early weekend shows. And I go, Oh, okay. Like, you know, like I was like, this is comedy. Like I, you know, they could have been like a dog could have ran on stage and been like, yeah, that's Rufus. He barks for five minutes. I would have like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dog that runs on stage. Like I, you know, and it's like you expect wildness in your life. And then what you kind of don't expect is meeting someone that you're like, Oh, we go way back. You know, like I, and I think that was like when we first were getting in the car together, having never met, I'm like, Oh, oh I I've, I've I've hung. We've on been to the, summer camp. We've been to summer camp. We we I I get this. This is this is you know. And then when you talk about like being used to like my mom, like I'm like oh this energy, this chaos is is comforting to me. You know. Yeah, but what I'm so impressed with you by and kind of envious even is my parents are very annoying, but I'm reactive. Like I mm. react constantly. I'm constantly pressed. Like I'm always like. Ugh, dad, I just like am impressed by your inability to not be affected by the chaos. <laughs> no, never. Yeah, but, but, but you you and I are, you know, that's kind of you, you know, like you and I are different in that way with like, mo- like you have no ability, in my opinion, to to just like let someone be go like you, I've you know. gotten better at it. I've gotten better. My sister's giving me advice. I've really been working at it. And I think you'd be impressed by moments where in my head I go, you don't even have to say anything. It's, it it's not worth matter. your time. Yeah, it's not worth it. But it is new. It's only in the past like few months, to be okay. honest, like okay. that I'm really focusing on it because I don't. 
I don't love be I don't love it all the time, but I am I'm so impressed with your ability to just keep going. Yeah, I, I and sometimes it's just like I, I think Anthony does this well too, where it, you kind of laugh at the insanity of it. Like I'm okay with being like that's fucking crazy. Like I, you know, my parents do things, I, and I try to talk about them on stage, and then I'll see people react to them like. Sadly, like I remember I was trying a bit for a long time and I never got it to work about like my dad asking me how much I weighed while at the beach. And I was like, you know, and I talk a lot about weight stuff and body issues and you could see people being like, why the fuck? What's wrong with him? You know, like, like I'm like, in my mind, it's like hilarious that he would ask that question. But I also know it's insane, but I also love my dad and I know he's not doing it from a bad place, but it's also a fuck with me place. You know, like it's, it, it, well, it's his own shit. He's projecting. Yes, totally. And I can kind of back away from something, but like, I mean, even my whole life, my parents would always be like, Oh, you, you, you're so sensitive. And I would be like, I'm not sensitive. I just notice everything. I notice what you're doing. I notice this is your problem, not mine. And you know, that was my way of talking about it with them. I'd be like, look at how insane you are instead of like, fuck you, you know. But also this sad thing. Oh, my God. So I did an interview like press stuff this week mm. and someone was asking me there. They said, you're such a you're so self-deprecating and a leader of the body positivity movement. When did you start talking about things like that? I go, one, I'm never self-deprecating. I go, I'm self-aware. I'm honest. I do not yeah. deprecate. I'm like, I've never said anything mean about myself. Yeah. Second, I've never said anything about body positivity in my yeah. life. I'm like, you're putting this on me. I'm like, you're allowed to hate your body if you want. Yeah. You could love it. You can hate it. You can go through phases with it. I go, I think it's just because I'm not skinny and I wear crop tops. You think I'm a hero, but like. <laughs> it's the most offensive suggestion. So it's the most offensive uh, assumption that they could that, ever make. This happened to me in Finland too. One of the producers goes, um, while on camera, she goes, so you're so body positive. Like what? Blah, blah, blah. I go, I've never once said anything about body positivity ever in my whole that, life. That, I'm like, you're just mad that you're just because I'm wearing a bathing suit. You don't understand how I'm I'm possibly able to do that in my life. Le like, what is this? <laughs> it's actually this is a that's a fun bit for you to do that to some people. You leaving the house dressed in clothes is a powerful moment. Like, that's what that's basically what they're saying. It's insane. It's crazy. It's, it's an asshole thing to say. It's insane what people yeah. put on you. And it's like, this has nothing to do with me. I don't know no. what you want from me. And it's their problem. They are revealing their fucked up, you know. Head. Well, Robbie Hoffman, she's been on your podcast. She's yes. been on this podcast. Um, you know, she got top surgery and all of a sudden everyone's like, they, they, they. And she goes, wait, who? She's like, uh, I'm yeah. a girl. She goes, I'm a she. And because people are just putting this identity on her because it makes like they need it to make sense in their head or something. Well, I'll speak honestly. Like when Robbie came on, I wasn't, you also want to be respectful, you know, 100%. like, you know, and I go, I didn't know I, you know, and I just want to do what someone, you know, I, I'm not looking at, you know, we're in a day and age where some people will mess up your pronouns on purpose just to like get you or like to pull you into some sort of weird argument and it's like, I just want to go, uh, whatever you want. You know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm down to hang, you know, it doesn't matter. But, uh, but I, I guess some people would be like, they almost like overdo it in the face of just going, Hey, give me your pronouns. Cause I just want to make sure we're on point. 
Oh, for sure. She's just you know? funny. But it's, um, yeah, it's better to be extra safe than sorry. She's just so funny. And like, you're putting something on me I've never even communicated to you. Well, it's also fun for her, I'm sure. Like, that's yes. the fun of, you know, like she gets to play with the discomforts of the ultra liberal, especially being in California, like, which is like, what is a more fun place to be than that, you know? She also says dyke like 800 times an hour. And I don't know. That's not my favorite word. I'm always just like, can you stop? But Is that can't. a bad word? Is that, I don't know. It's not. I, I think if you said like, look at that dyke over there, that would yeah, be a little be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if you fuck girl, if you are a dyke, you get to talk about dykes. Yeah, I guess it's uh, the, you know, of the F word for lesbians. Yeah. I like like ownership of the word, but I just I guess I guess I've never seen that done that much. I see it more from gay men, you know. Well, yeah, and even when I'm like um, with a group of black people and they say the n word to each other, it's not as jarring to me as when Robbie says "dyke" nonstop. (laughs) Like, well, you know what it is. You've never seen it. I I guess I've never seen. (laughs) You know, you know, if Jews started using our slurs, that's like I think someone used to do that joke way back when. But like, if Jews were like using you know, the Jewish. K-word. Yeah, the K. I don't even know what letter it starts with. I don't even know. <laughs> it's bad. Do, when you go to these towns, does anyone ever hate you because you're Jewish or you see people I, confused or people know what they're getting? I just had something weird happen in Springfield. Springfield was the weirdest place I've done comedy recently. Yeah. Um, I, I talked about, um, and I, I, I think I'm not, like I think you and I are the are kind of not the type of Jews some people might be that hate Jews are like used to, like yeah. you know like combative you know almost <laughs> like you know uh, so like I come on stage and I I say my parents live in Boca and then I go Jews and then it usually gets a laugh Springfield got nothing and then I go okay obviously there's not a lot of Jewish people here I go is anyone Jewish. And this guy yells out, and I go, what did you say, sir? And he goes, oh, you don't want to know. And I go, well, now I want to know more than ever. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, what? And I go, I'm asking what you just said. And he goes, well, ask me a question. I go, am I going crazy here? I was like, I'm asking you a question. You yelled out. You kind of interrupted the show. I asked for Jews. You're now saying to me, you said nothing. And he goes, you don't want to know. Again, I go, dude, the more you say you don't want to know, the more anti-Semitic I think what you said was. Uh, <laughs> and are but, people laughing or is it tense? It's getting tense. And then a, I go, I go, the more you say you don't want to know, the more anti-Semitic I think what you said was said. Or, I, you know, you don't understand. And then this woman in the front goes, <gasps> And I go, so tell us what you Everyone wants to know what you said. And this woman in the front goes, we we don't want to know. (laughs) And I I go, yeah, because after the show, you'll be coming up to me after you find out how horrible what he said. You know, uh, after finding out how horrible his statement was, you're going to come up to me going, he's not representative of us here in Springfield. And that got a laugh like that got it back. But that you know you see that type of stuff but i don't generally know you know like that was just an uncomfortable moment and then like the next day i got a text from the club being like is jared okay with what happened <laughs> last night i was like what the fuck are you talking about it's fine are you seeing it anywhere 
well, I'm not, so you're out and about. What I also admire about you, mm. you're a true extrovert. Like, I think I'm an introverted extrovert. I do get okay. energy from meeting people. I do like to meet people. But if I don't like you, I cannot muster that energy. No, I'm not you- faking an interaction with you. <laughs> I also, after a super social moment, I need, I need to lay in my bed. Like, mm-hmm. I need... You're out. You're chatting. No. You are making friends. You are going to the horse track alone. You d- you're out and you're making I, friends. And I yeah. want to know about that. I like to leave the. I, I, I can't sit in the house. And it's something that like when I was younger, I used to watch TV all day long and something about getting older. I can't just sit. And like I like going to a bar alone. I like having a, like a nice cocktail and an appetizer and kind of like striking up a conversation in a bar. And also that's I think part of like. You know, for me, it's been more so as I've been single. You know, I, I, you know, I'm in my apartment. I'm in a studio apartment. It's kind of dark. It's like a dude. Uh, you know, no decorations, uncomfortable. You know, there's a bike in there. So, are you bicycling? No, I got a bike because they they sponsor the podcast. So they're like, you want a bike? And now I'm living with a bike. Um, so it's an e-bike. Uh, so I, uh, which is cool and it's fun. But I, um. Yeah, I think it's more that I, I, I will definitely go out and have a drink and could talk to anybody, and I, I don't mind it. I, I'm going away. I'm going away um, on vacation. I haven't taken a vacation. Like we take people think our lives are a vacation because we do a lot of cool stuff, but I really haven't turned off comedy and like legit. Well, we also are. De- if people don't know who you are, you are. There's board lures, there's luxury yeah. lounge, there's a bachelorette, there's um, I'm on a plane, I'll give you advice. Yeah, there's, there's too much. J-Train podcast, there's the You Up podcast. Yeah. You're on the road nonstop. You really do not rest at I don't, all. I don't, I and do And you do lot. the dinners, you're on the beach, you're having cocktails, you enjoy it, you make it fun, but you really, your schedule does even stress me out. I, I, and I'm getting a little burnt out recently. Like, everything you say, I have to, I don't give myself, I don't think any of us as comics give ourselves credit for how hard we work and how much we do and how much... No. Julia always, because I'm always like, I'm a piece of shit. I don't clean my clothes. I'm a, she goes, you're the busiest person I know. Yes. She's always like, you do more than anyone I know. And I, and I never feel that at all, ever, ever, ever. ever, ever. And I think it's because <laughs> But we... for you, that's even wilder because <laughs> I'm like, your Instagram are the tiniest. You're like just saving every, one Jewish woman at a time from dating a douche lord. Like, I try my best. <laughs> I, I, but I, so recently I was like, I'm taking a vacation. I'm going to get ahead on podcast. Um, so I'm going to Nice. I'm is that France, Italy? What France. is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> Nice, France. I, I was going to say Nice, France, and I stopped myself because I was like, I don't know if that's how you even say it. I, I'm so I'm, <laughs> I'm going for and I'm going to go going al- with you alone. Nice, good. Okay. So I, I and it's interesting because why'd you, you pick Nice? Um, hilarious reasons. Um, I was going to okay. go to Israel. And okay. my niece I, is there right now. So I, how funny is it? So she, my niece is going on a summer camp trip before yeah. eight weeks in Israel. They do one week in Poland to look at concentration camps. And it's <laughs> like, what a summer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, kids, want to have fun? Are you ready for summer camp? <laughs> and then they go to fucking Poland. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Oh my God! I mean, Jews are 
I, I mean, they we can't have a minute. You can't have a summer play kickball. You you gotta go. <laughs> Fucking Auschwitz. <laughs> so yeah. fucking funny. Oh my god, you gotta talk about that on stage. You love it. <laughs> because it's like Jews just and this is actually related to the trip I'm taking, because they can't just let you have five fucking seconds of just like just enjoyment. Like so no, it's the opposite. Okay, so there's a fun show in LA called Culture Court, mm. and to, I was like a, ju- a juror with another comic. There's a bailiff. There's judges. It's okay. like fun. Yeah. And people were arguing over um, who has it harder, Jews or Black people, and it was a couple. It was an inter. It was like a black and oh, white that's couple. Funny. Yeah. Um, and then the Jew rested his case. Didn't bring up the Holocaust. I lost. I go. You would. I'm Come like, on. you didn't bring up the Holocaust? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, that's I mean, what we got. Like, that's, like, that's what we got. That's 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 the Trump card. That's that's the that's the finishing move. I came up with a theory. I don't know. We'll get to Fran, but if this is correct or not. I think everyone hates Jews, but we're not oppressed. Everyone loves black people, but they're oppressed. That's a good I I like that theory. I like that. I I I get frustrated at the you know, the Jews that kind of attach themselves to like the, you know, the kind of the, you know, victim culture, you know, that goes on right now because, and again, because it's like, you know, it's I I love that. Like I, I, I I totally agree with that because people, you know, especially like style wise, culture wise, people, you know, are, you know, going towards, you know, what black people create and stuff. And you, to, you have to acknowledge that, you have, you know, you have to admit to that. Like, yeah, I totally agree with that. Or it's like, you know, you, ha- or they bra, it's like, oh, I have this one black friend who would never consider you a friend. You know, it's like, oh, well, my neighbor's good. I like him. He's a cool guy. It's just like they, w- or ever, I don't know, whatever. Let's go to France. But I was well, proud of that moment. I was like, oh, that is kind of smart. It, it's a good point. And I think it's a, like, I, I, well, Jews just like, you can't be, you can be like, that person's annoying, but you can't be like, and they're Jewish. And then now you get how they're annoying. Like, you know, like just by you're like, like, like my mom. Okay. So I plan this trip. I'm like, I'm going to go. So I'm like, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go away for 11 days. I'm not going to podcast. I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to stop with my phone as much as I can. I, you know, which is an impossibility. I'm addicted. I'm going to put a notebook in my back pocket. I know, but I think like when you go to the pool one day, leave it in the hotel room. I think I really want you to work on that. That is, you're totally right. I need to. And that's my plan. So I, I go, I'm going to go to Israel. I call and, and I'm going to go to, and, cause my initial thinking was single guy. I'm going to find a wife. Yes. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, those going to be a bunch of single Jewish women and it'll be easier to talk to women there in social settings. I call my brother. I go, I think I'm going to go to Tel Aviv. He goes, now this time of year, what are you, it's, it's hot as hell. What are you going to do? What are you going to do there? Then I call my parents. Uh, I think I'm going to Tel Aviv. Well, why? With who? Who are you going to be with? What are you going to do there? How long? Are you going to stay somewhere? You know, they go on and on. I'm going, and so I had to hang up the phone. So I go, I called a travel agent, and my friend was like, south of France, you can go to a bunch of places at once. And then I, the other reason I went, Delta flies there direct from JFK. Okay. So, so did you just go through where where they fly direct? Yes. I, so I looked up, you know, where does Delta go direct? 
And then I started looking through prices and Nice was like, you know, $500 plus my miles for a round class, first class. So a round trip, first class. I was like, it's a no brainer. I can spend $500 on the flight, go in style, and then I can get there and kind of bop around for 11 days without having to fly anywhere else. Wow. So you're not going to bop around. You got a nice hotel. No, I am going to bop around. I'm going to go Nice. Oh, and then you, you are. Go to, you go to Cannes. You go to Saint-Tropez. You go to you know Monte Carlo. You go to all those places, and they're like an hour drive away. So I got like a travel agent. Like I, I mean, I now I'm a real jap because I got a travel agent who like helped out all the betches do their honeymoons. Like she's planning this whole trip for me, and I basically so I'm going to do it. But it was funny because. You know, just calling your parents and telling them, like, you're going alone. Like, you said the correct thing. Who are you going with? I go alone. You go, good. I told my mom I'm going alone. She's like, I just wish you had someone to go with. And I was like, why yeah, do we you all have to do. put that in my head? Of course. You don't think I I would love to meet the love of my life? Like, I, of course. And of course, go- I'd love to go fuck in the south of France with someone who's obsessed with me. Like, right. of course we want that. I hate I that. I just okay. wish you had someone to go with. I was like, are you out of your fucking mind? Don't, there are things you don't have to say. <laughs> like my brother right now is with his girlfriend in Italy. They're doing every post on Instagram. They're having the best time of their lives. Like they're having a very romantic couple's trip and everyone's like, are you getting engaged? And they're not on that trip. My brother had to like be like, it's not happening. Just letting you know. Because he's got, you know, that's annoying in its own way. But you know, well, so, I loved what you posted your tweet where you said now is the time on Instagram where we guess how everyone's paying for their vacations. Right. And I really love that. Everyone's in Italy or Greece. But I realized we're in like we're our, the people around us are in an upper echelon of many because yes. I went home a few months ago and or maybe it was like five months ago now. Who knows? I go, oh, God, everyone is skiing. It seems like on my Instagram, everyone's skiing and everyone around me is like. No one is skiing on our no. Instagrams. <laughs> it's an age group. And it, yeah, it's the age group. And it's also like who you, you know, who you fashioned your feet around. Yeah, exactly. You, so I'm so proud of you. So you're going to have a driver probably take yeah. you to these places and you're going to live it nice up, And you're going to make friends. I, I think so. So like, I, you know, I have to lean on that. I'm good at talking to people that are, you know, different and new to me. And I'm excited, you know, and I'm also like, you know, there are moments where you go, you know, what, what the fuck am I doing? You know, because like I'm like, who takes, you know, you know, I'm spending a lot of money that I you know, generally don't spend. But I'm not, you know, not to say I'm ever. That's that's so funny. I was just about to say, don't don't be like, I, I need a set. Should right. I just record one? Let me put the, no. I'll give advice on the beat. Do not. None of it. Nothing. You deserve. You're right. The vacation. You're right. I want to disappear so much that people don't are like, even I'm, give advice on the plane like truly right. unplug i want to disappear in a way that people go wait jared's on this thing every day how is he not on instagram you know what i mean like i have that dream but that's also i know that i'm fully addicted and have a lot of trouble doing that but i agree with you i'm, I'm that's my goal yeah you really be you're going to like san tropez i mean that's amazing that's mm-hmm. fun i'm very excited you deserve it. Okay, Thank so you. we do need to get into some advice. I really want to because you are the king of advice. I I, I try my best. Um, I was a early person on your podcast. You had a podcast years and years and years ago where men, young men, college age frat bros mm-hmm. would call in, email in, um, asking for advice. 
And then even when a girl would ask, it'd be like, chicks, man. Like there was like a song. It was like a big deal when a chick would write in. We got so few women writing in that we created a guitar riff intro where we called it chick email and we, you know, play it up. But yeah. And now. Now it's different. Fully switched. The women are coming to you. (laughs) Yes. And I always say you give empowering Great advice to women Thank because you. people think you're just he's just not that into you. And it's not just that it's no. not it's not tough love in that way because that's not even that empowering. My favorite thing that I think I got from you was girls right in like he didn't show up to this brunch. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. What does this mean? What does it mean? And you're like, what does it mean to you? Yeah. You don't like it. Why don't you call him and say, I didn't like that you didn't show up to the brunch with my parents. So I'd rather not do this anymore. And we're so scared as women like that. That clicks to me. And I repeat that to people all the time. Mm -hmm. As did you grow into being able to give this advice? Is this what you saw? How were you able to give such insightful information to people? I I definitely always was a person to friends, especially female friends, wondering what is this guy thinking or doing? I've always been that ear to a lot of women in my life, just high school, college friends. And then over the years, you know, my advice, I'm sure 10 years ago was stuff I wouldn't say today. Like I've over the years, you learn. And because so many women write in now, I have this like very honest, you know, voice that has been, you know, I I now notice things over the years. Like what you're saying is so true. There's so many over the years you realize you're like. Why do they care so much about what this guy is doing? None of them write, I feel this way. I just gave a TED Talk on this subject. I'm not kidding. I um, saw you were at the TED Talk. You made yeah. videos. I saw it all. I didn't watch the TED Talk. What? So it was on yet. this. It's coming out, but it's about. It's going to be a hit. You're going to get a fucking book deal. I know it. You probably already do. I appreciate that. <laughs> so it's called How, Who Should Pay for the First Date. And when I asked people who should pay for the first date, it was so interesting, like the difference of answers. Cause I do have men that follow me. The men would be like, I don't care. Like I, I'll pay. They don't, it's not a big subject for the men. For the women, it was like hemming and hawing over, well, if they ask me, if I ask them, it was all like 7,000 degrees of answers that tried to ignore what they liked as a person. They were so trying to play by the rules that exist for, that don't exist. And you see that with every email. So what you said is like what I've over the years, what I've tried to do is be like, Hey, and the other thing I've realized is men love vague with relationships. Men love vague options. Women like answers, love me or fucking hate me. I need to know. So, and, and, what the problem is most men don't care. So it's a very tough place they're in because they're like, love me or hate me. And the guy's like, I'd fuck you. And you're like, um, what the fuck does that mean? So a lot of times you have to, you know, when I give advice, it's like, okay, let's admit to what you want. And then let's ask a question that gets you a yes or a no. So we had a woman come on stage in Austin and she brings up all these screenshots of her text she has with this guy and I'm like, what do you want from this? And she's like, 
they've they've had sex, they've hung out, you know, they get drunk together. She's like, I kind of want just a normal hangout where we're not getting drunk, and it feels like he's trying to make me make this thing move forward. And I was like, okay, here's the text you sent. And I gave her a text, and I was like, at the end of the text, he's either going to make the plan you asked for that you want, or he's going to say maybe, and he'll probably not say no. No guy will ever say no because he wants options. But if he doesn't make that plan right away, then he is not where you are and you have to end it. And she's like, I'm like, there's the deal. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, but it took a while to get her to admit, like, I want to, she was like, I want to go to this park. She had a plan in mind, but to get it out of her, you know, was such a, it was a little bit of pulling teeth, but then she sent the text and the guy was like, still dancing. I go, it's over. So, and I, I think it helped her, but you know, the, the whole idea of like dump him or he's not that into you. It's who cares what he thinks. So is it because women w- just want somebody they're willing to, is it because women are trained to like bend over backwards for guys? Like what exactly is it? They don't want to be alone. They want to have kids. Like what is this? Um, what, what do you think it is? I, I, I have think- my, I have theories, but what do you think it is I- that makes women so like, desperate for a man's approval in this way versus being like, I want this. I have theories as well. Obviously, I don't know, you know, but I, yeah. I what I've been talking about a lot lately is, you know, you go home for the holidays and, you know, I go home, I'm asked, how's work? Are you successful? And then a lot of my female friends are asked, who are you seeing? Do you got a new guy? And yeah. that over time, like, maybe isn't noticeable on the holiday, but then over time you go, oh, so that's why a lot of women are working with whatever they've got. And a lot of guys, you know, me, I break up before things get more serious because well, I'm not successful. Also, I was thinking, you know, if like matchmakers or women that give advice aren't with someone and they're single, it's like, well, what the fuck do you know? Sure. But you're out on the market, but very respected for your advice. You don't sure. even get that double standard. No, you're allowed it, to it, just it, be like out there living your dream and people still want to know. Right. And they, and I guess that's like, you know, societal garbage yeah. of like, well, I don't have a clock, so to speak, which, you know, people kind of. Gr- you know, uh, gristle at like the you know the the whole clock thing gets it, it sounds bad when people bring it up, but like I'm saying societally, like people will say, oh, he has an opinion on this because he's not he doesn't want you know he doesn't have to get a relationship, but nobody has to get in a relationship. It's kind of sounds bad to even say that, but I I you know it's it is true though. I mean, like people, and I think like the when people don't. Like what I say about dating, it's like a lot of times they don't trust me to give it, you know, to speak about in a thoughtful way. No, you're very thoughtful. Well, I know you know that because you've been on the show. We've given advice together. But like it's, you know, sometimes I I like it. it, You know what happens a lot now? Um, A woman will come to a show with her friends and the woman listens to the podcast and like, you knows when I talk about dating, I I think about it a lot. And then they'll have a friend who's single who thinks that I'm going to be shitting on them. And the friend's like, and the friend just starts heckling by like disagreeing with everything I'm saying. So I'll be like, yeah, it's really tough to date. Oh, is it? You know, like, and you're like, "Uh, yeah, it is hard to date. And it's like, I'm like, yeah, I feel so judgy on the apps. Oh, you're judgy, huh? And I'm like, can you just give me some breathing room here? You know? Wait, and you know what? That's just, and okay, we're going to take a break and we'll be back and we'll get into these voicemails. 
So another thing I was thinking of before we get into these is like our whole, you know, patriarchy, our worldview is decided by men and we're Mm -hmm. trying to like figure our way in it as women. But this idea of like you're supposed to hide what you want to or you're going to seem quote unquote crazy. I read this. This is not an original thought for me. I wish I remember where I got it from. But it's like if you want to get married and have kids, why can't you just say on a day? I'm looking for marriage. Absolutely. But it's seen it like oh, if you say it too fast or if you ask for this too fast, you're seen as like an insane person by just communicating what you want. I always say I I, uh, when people write in, I'm like, I'm like, just say you want, you know, I want to get married with kids like. How could anyone, it'd be crazier to not want, you know, to say to someone, to keep dating someone where you don't want it or to not bring up. Like the guy has to say it too. I, you know what I've been thinking a lot about? The ick. You know the yeah. ick? So yes. why yes. is it? So, <laughs> of course uh, I know the ick. Okay. <laughs> You've heard of such a thing. So the Well, yeah, ick, it's just like one thing, right? It's like, oh my God, I hate those shoes. Get me the fuck out of here. Right. It, it's one thing. Ha- a guy does one thing and the woman doesn't want to fuck him ever. So I, I, women get the ick and men do not, you know, and I was thinking of that, like, why is that, you know? And I think it's like, you know, I, again, this goes back to the, the pressure, the societal pressure of like, I got to work with what I've got in front of me. And I think a lot of women date men that they think they're better than, and they go on the date just because, oh, maybe he'll surprise me. Maybe it'll be better than I thought it would be. It's like, Remember when you got like matched up for a group project with someone that you're like, fuck, I got to work with this person. And then like anything they did annoyed you, you know, yes. like and it's like that's the ick, you know, like anything this. And it's like you, you're like, I'm giving you a chance. I know I'm better than you. I know I have my shit together more. I'm on this date because I have to go on a date and I just want to, you know, figure out, you know, have love and have that person. And everyone says, oh, I found love when I didn't expect it. And now I'm with you. And now you wear those shoes and fuck you, ick. You know, like I kind of understand it from that way. And men don't have it. There's not one thing you can. No, no, no fucking way. Men don't go on dates with women they don't want to fuck. That's the one thing they're sure of. They want to fuck. They're sure of nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. They're not sure if they want to date or they want a relationship, but they are. If they're on the date with you, they are sure of one thing. They're attractive. Damn. I'm I'm sorry. But I'm saying that's why you never hear the guy. I've never gotten the email. I've been doing this over 10 years. I've never gotten an email from a guy being like, you know, I'm on date four and I'm not sure if I'm into them or not. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they want to fuck. Yeah, women send no, that email women. all the time. I'm, I'm on day 10, and I'm still not sure if I'm attracted to them. What? The, <laughs> you you got to stop. Well, that happens um, on Love. I know oh, I am watching The Bachelorette. I'm, you know, for oh, yeah. Arden's podcast. So I did okay, watch good. it. I love the two girls. Doug Benson was like, no, this is a nightmare because more people like Gabby than Rachel, and it's going to yes. get pitted across. The men should no. have to pick. I totally but disagree with that opinion. I disagree too. Yeah. I think they're best friends. I love that they're like egging each other on to make out. Like they I were, love their energy. They were the perfect combo to be dual bachelorettes. I think Rachel is getting treated more by the men in the classic bachelorette fashion. Gabby's a little bit more aloof, a little bit like funnier, better. I think Gabby has the personality. Gabby has like the, is a different type of cat when it comes to the lead of that show. And what I thought was interesting and this to relate this back to dating is, and to men and the way they think when it, 
usually that first episode, every guy is like, can I steal you? Can I steal you? Trying to make out. This one, they even acknowledged nobody's tried to make out with me. And men love vague options. So all these men were backing off because they didn't want to go for one and lose out on the other. Well, yeah, so that's where I would, yeah, so that's where they think the trouble's going to come is the guys then end up having the power because they get to play both sides a little. And so Doug was saying these guys need to decide who they want. Yeah, but. but So, yeah, yeah that's what I'm sorry opinion. to interrupt, but, but that's why that guy Tino got the first rose from Rachel. Tino made a hard move. He goes, I am going for Rachel. Same with the funny car driver, the, the race car driver. He made a hard move. No one did that for Gabby, which was worrisome. Because So I, I'm not sure if Gabby – Gabby's going to be the more interesting one. Rachel's going to match up with, like, two different guys, and it's going to be easy. I know they set it up to look like there's going to be drama, but I don't think – Rachel's going to have that much drama. This is my prognostication. This is my theory. No, you're a pro. I can't wait. I'm a new I'm new to this, but I love the friendship aspect. I love the two girls. I like the female friendship in it. They're very good to one another and they were last season too. Like there was a lot made of like they're going to be competing and I was like, "No, these two already exhibited that they're pretty they're good at this." They yeah. and they knew and I like that they checked in with each other like, "Who are you into? Who are you into?" Like that was that was right. I agree with you. And I thought that they let the guys go in a really kind way, and it was maybe through their experience, where it's like, hey, guys. I thought that was hilarious. We're not fucking the twins. Get yeah, out of no, here. Get out of here. The, Roby the Magnificent. Get out of here, you magician. That the was twins fantastic. thing was so... But looking the at all the men... The was so funny. We're not all the same. I mean, we do the same job, but at different companies. <laughs> like, that is... I mean, but it makes me question my heterosexuality, because I'm looking at this bunch of men, and I'm like... I don't want to fuck anyone. None of them. A couple of like, like Mario, but then he said females and that's an ick. And his but, kiss was bad. His yeah. kiss was brutal. The Boston guy was fun, but then he kept shushing her. That was brought to my attention when I did Arden's I podcast. Didn't see that. I didn't see that. <laughs> and that would be a lot. If he was like, Shh, Gabs, get Gab. It's like too comforting, too quick, too quick. I don't know. So I'm looking at these guys just on paper, just photos of their faces for this, po- you know, Arden's pod. Can I give you a rose? I think, but um, I'm not boss, like, ah, oh, that's a hottie. The Boston guy already. Yeah. There's not a lot. I, I guess the Boston guy already messaged me. He's a nice guy. Um, he, I liked him. And also like the guy, um, Oh my god, they're just not hot. And then the the one muscular guy is like a douche. So we have some from listeners. I have actually a friend colleague that um, wrote this one. So we'll okay, listen good. to this one first. Hey, Lisa, it's Jake. When we moved into our new house. My mom planted a bunch of flowers in our front yard. What we didn't know is that this was going to prevent our neighbor from trimming her hedges because she needs to walk where the flowers are to trim her hedges. So then when she trims her hedges, she walks all over my mom's flower, and now they're in a fight. And I don't give a fuck about the flowers or the hedges. It just seems like my mom has made a bunch of problems for me in my life with my neighbor, who's kind of a jerk anyway. So how do I get out of this? Thank you. Can we move the flowers? There's no. Can we get a flower box somewhere else? I I know, and this is tough because it's... It, it is interesting. I was like, which direction is this guy going to go into? And he went in the, my mom's in a pain, my mom is a pain in the ass direction. You know, he, you know, he's trying to be civil with the neighbor and 
when your mom is in an argument with someone, it's hard because you have to like figure out how to not take your asshole neighbor's side, you know, when to your mom instead of your mom's side, because she, in, in with this situation, his mom did what she thinks is the most amazing thing for her son. You know, like she went to his new house and put in these flowers and wow, I'm a good mom and he should be appreciative of the things I do for him. You know, like I have that a lot with my mom where it's like, my mom's like, you never wear the things I get you. And I'm like, and then I'll be, <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm wearing it. And like, or then I'll be like, it doesn't fit. And she'll be like, you know, or, or she'll like try to like, let me explain this better. She, I will go with her and she'll be like, let me get you some clothing. Let me, and I'll, and I'll be like, yeah, I like that shirt. And she'll go, are you going to wear it? And I'm like, I'm saying I like this shirt. If I like it, I'm going to buy, you know, like it becomes like a personal thing to her if I don't wear the thing she got me. So I think, well, yeah, it's like, is it a gift? It's like, there's more at cost with this gift. I'd rather buy my own fucking shirt than if like be monitored if I'm wearing the shirt or not. Exactly. So this guy, the flowers are already in, you know, he would have not taken the flowers. He would have said to his mom, Hey, let's do something else. If he had the choice, he had no choice on the flowers. You're saying, you know, let's put in a flower box, but his mom already did this section of the yard. So if he gets rid of it, it's also it, like, how often is this guy cutting the hedges? Who gives a shit? Like, that's, well, he, yeah, Jake doesn't give a shit. I don't give a shit. I'm just like, I, well, I don't. Hold on, because then what happens is, and I, I can see his side, because the neighbor, he doesn't give a shit about the flowers, but the neighbor comes over, does their hedges, steps on their flowers. The mom comes over and goes, you don't even take care of the flowers I planted for you? To her son. And it becomes, oh, you don't care about the gift I got you. It goes back to the shirt. Oh, you don't care about the thought I put into it, the, you know, the care I put into giving to you. I do these nice things for you, and you don't even care enough to tell your neighbor not to step on them. And then also it probably looks like he steps on them. But it also looks like the neighbor might be doing it on purpose. Like, I'm just trying to imagine what this looks like, and it's like there's really no way to avoid the flowers? It's It seems crazy, like, that you can't head you know clip your hedges i mean we have very little relation to clipping hedges you and i, yes. I mean, yes. he didn't really go to the lawn experts for this one like we so have what no do you idea think he should do um ha this is tough i i think it, it, it goes down a list i think first you go to your neighbor who's kind of an asshole and you'd be like hey man i know it's really tough to clip your hedges but my mom planted those flowers and when you step on them, my mom gets really upset with me. Like, like put it on the mom. You know, she's, I just, my, I just got to go off the phone with my mom. She's yelling at me because I, she put in those flowers and she thinks I stepped on them. Can you keep away from the flowers? And, and I would go to the neighbor first. Then I would go to the mom. And then if he's like, I can't avoid it, it's unavoidable. Tell the mom, hey, um, there's, you know, we had a, I would say that you put money into a, I would lie to the mom. Like I would be like, I, I, Hey, I had a, a lawn expert come in and they said, we have to move the flowers because the soil there is no good. We had someone test the soil 
and she'll no, believe that. See, I like I like playing both sides. I like what you said to the neighbor, but to the mom, I would say the same. Be like, this guy's a fucking maniac. I don't mm-hmm. know. Can we just move these flowers? Or you don't think that's enough for her and she's going to want to wage war? It'll sound like you're taking that neighbor's side. And then anytime. And now your moms don't forget. So now your mom is going to like if they're out in the front yard, your mom's going to be a dick to this neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, she's going to be, you know, if anything else happens with the neighbor, she's going to. And and her, there's going to be fisticuffs. Like it's going to be a loud fight that you don't want to get involved with. I would just be like, hey, we had someone from the city or we did this lawn. We were taking care of the lawn. They said this is the worst area for us to put the flowers. Can we move the flowers to this area? Now you're good. I hope she listens. I hope so, too. You're so good at this. I I, I Honestly, I wouldn't have anything to say. I was like, I don't know. Um, so this is good to you. All right. Hey, Lisa. So I am so happy that you're doing this podcast and I've been listening to you from day one while you were doing the SCU podcast with Kara. Love listening to that. Really happy that you're doing your own podcast because I just enjoy your candor and your points of view and how open and willing you are okay, to come on. discuss conflict. <laughs> so the conflict I'm having right now um, is someone who I think is about to become my enemy. Um, we met because we were going to a music festival at the same time and we had a mutual friend. So I met her that way. And this was probably like six or seven years ago. She's always been a very casual friend of mine, but as we have continued to hang out at different events, it's almost always been a concert or a festival or a party or something. But because we've known each other for so long, I thought that this was like a good friend of mine. So recently I bought a house, which was very cool for me, something I've been trying to do for a long time. I'm really proud of it, really excited about it, and I've been trying to connect with my friends since that, and she just hasn't responded to me at all. Um, she will, I'll text her, and she'll say, okay, let's talk, you know, tomorrow at 9 o'clock, and then she won't call, and then at 9.30, I'll call, and she won't pick up, and, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot I had this thing going on, and I'm busy. So that's been going back and forth since about February. And then last night, I sent what I thought was a pretty uh, chill message where I was like, hey, you butt, why don't you make some time to connect with me since we've been trying to do that for so long? And she sent me this really long, well, three really long messages about, I can't just drop everything I'm doing to to attend to you and talk to you. I have my own life and I have things going on with me. I can't just reach out to all of the friends that I have all the time. You've got to understand that I have a busy life, which would be fair if she had a job or was going to school, but she does neither. So after that uh, text message from her, I want to know, should I just absolutely ghost her at this point, the way that she's been ghosting me? Or should I tell her that that was very hurtful and considerate and that I've been giving her a lot of grace for months that she hasn't been giving me at all, even though all I want to do is connect with her 
see how she's doing, share our successes. All right. It did get cut off, but, that, you know, we got the gist. We got the gist of what's happening. You know, you've been making faces, shaking yeah. your head. What are your this thoughts? This isn't your friend. It's over. Move on. Um, yeah. She has confused time for friendship. Time is the easiest and worst resume item. If time is at the top of your friendship resume, then you don't really have a friendship at all. If the reason you're friends is six years, and that's all I heard. Oh, we met at a festival through a mutual friend six, and we've been friendly for six years at parties that you never really care. It wasn't you two. It, she even said we, we hang out around each other. Um, and she's trying to keep up a friendship that doesn't exist. And it seems like this person's in a different phase of life than you. This person, it sounds like to come back so aggressively at you when you're like, hey, why don't you make some time to come over? I think that's, and, and then to reference, I don't have the time to make for every one of my friends. This person has, you know, doesn't really enjoy you. They, they're probably envious of you. She just said she just bought a house that could play into it, that this person's in, you know, house buying mode and the other person has no job and no, and no school. You know, so I would desert this. And it seems like right now the caller is trying to, like, win this. And it's like there's nothing to be won. You two are not friends. And it's time to just, like, leave it. And I would even block them on social media or unfollow them. if, And that might feel too aggressive and that's okay. But I would I'd be done with this. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I think you're expecting something from someone who's never shown this from you. Yeah. Like, I bought a new house. Come celebrate. And it's like, has she ever celebrated anything else for you? Like, right. she doesn't know. And you don't like her. You shaded her. You're like, she doesn't even work or go right. to school. You don't like her yeah, either. And, and like, also. <laughs> I think you just want to show off it, your well, house. The, but, which is I, fine. I, I totally agree. And also, to to what you said, have you ever gone, you know, just because you're texting someone doesn't mean you've been there for them. You know, like, have you gone to their, you know, new apartment or have they had any wins that you've attended? And it's like, if you know, there's some people that like, it feels like I'm at every one of their wins and, you know, and I'm happy to be there. Um, but I, I always wonder, like, do I, would I even need them at my wins? You know, like. That's how, that I think that happens in our age uh, range mm -hmm. right now, too. There's just like, and I'm a dramatic person, so things are kind of wild. But in terms of how friendships are going, I have, there's a couple where I'm like, you know, I'm always running around for your yeah. ass. And I don't know. Yeah, totally. Like, would, will you even be here at my wins at all? And would I care like, to have you I at wonder. my wins? That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like. Like, fuck, I guess I am always texting you. No, I, um, listen, um, Danielle Byer Jackson, I reference her a lot. She also says, like, in terms of friendship, we all are at numbers with each other. And some people you see, they're a 10. They're my 10 in my life. They're everything. And you, they could be a 10 for you, but you're a four to them. But and so they're giving you four, but these aren't friends at all. <laughs> no, and this is also like a very, like, I think friends are people you never have to explain yourself to. Like in these situations, hey, oh my God, where you coming over? No, I'm not. Okay, see you later. Like both of these people are at fault. Like both of these people are leaning on one another in ways that I don't lean on my real friends. Like the idea that she's like, I, you have, uh, how about you open up some time for me in my new home? Like I would never say that to my real friends.
Like I, 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 and to me, like I went and saw, I went and stayed with my friends in Connecticut um, a couple weeks ago for the 4th of July. And like, we did a barbecue in the back. I haven't seen them in, they, they had a brand new baby. And I was like, you have a second? And they're like, yeah, the baby's here. And I'm like, holy shit. I was like, this is great. And they were like, great. And then like, that's it. Uh, let me see the, let me hold them, you know? But that's something that you've had the skills with. And I don't know if you, like from your childhood or through college or high school or what it is, but these are things I'm learning even now as an adult, mm. what to expect, what to not care about. I think the pandemic helped me a lot, but yeah. also some, some, one of my really close friends didn't reach out about my father having heart surgery and it made me not want to really be their friend to me. I'm like, sure. Oh, we're not real friends. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm well, it crying also tells to you. you. What it is. Yeah. Exactly. But they don't see it that way. And I had to explain it. I'm like, I cried to you on FaceTime mm. and didn't hear from you for over a month as I moved my whole life across yeah. the country to live in solitude with my <laughs> senior citizen parents yeah. helping my dad after heart surgery. And you did not ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> like, yeah. you're out, bitch. Sure. You're out. And it could have been like, oh, all right, we're just casual now and that's where we stand. I'll see you at a party. But I was very hurt. So I mm. acted as a hurt person. But um, but also I, sometimes. Uh, but I love this thing of like, yeah, cancel the plans. I'll see you when I see you. Send the gift yeah. late. Like real friends do not tit for tat. You don't calculate. You don't you don't count these things. And when a real friend like exhausts, you know, I think sometimes I think what male friendship doesn't have that female friendship does is you guys go to each other for like, you know, for counsel way more. And if you're giving counsel and then when you come for your own counsel, it's not given back, I can understand why that's so enraging. And I think that's the problem is like, instead of being like, oh, I guess I shouldn't be giving them counsel anymore. It, um, it becomes, where's my fucking counsel? And you try to like get back what you feel you've given out. And if you're doing that, you're never going to win. You're never going to get to even. You're never going to be at even. Well, and it comes from an aggressive place versus the real honest place. Like it, you yeah. could also be vulnerable and go, this really hurts me. Like if this was a yes. true friendship, it could be like, sure. I bought this house. You know how much it means to me. It's been a while. Like it hurts my feelings that you don't care about my accomplishments. Like and, that's about you. And that is, I think, a better way to approach these situations. And that's too. the thing she never says in her voicemail. She never says like, I care about this person. It sucks that I'm losing them. She's just saying, where's my fucking time? You know, and it's like, yeah, she doesn't know you shit. Forget them. See, you give such good advice because she was so nice to me up top. I feel bad being so harsh to her, but she needs to hear this. Right. I, listen, we all appreciate a little compliment sandwich. We all like it. Okay, Lisa, love your pods and stand up. In fact, you've made me choke on my iced coffee. We're both iced coffee people. Love More times than I care to admit. As a fellow interpreter, I too am working on it. Oh, interrupter, interrupter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, you I'm really can't read. You weren't joking at all. Okay. <laughs> I was not joking. Like, we do our live podcasts, and it's truly a nightmare when I have to read my notes. And Kara <laughs> prints them to me in 20 font. Like, they're <laughs> as big as they can be. And I'm just. I do the same thing with like interrupter, interpreter. I think it's like a version of like, I, I, I like a little bit of ADD, like a, a runoff of it. Cause you're just like, this must be the word I think it's gonna be. 
Well, this is another thing. Interrupting is a big thing where I'm an interrupter. I have other friends mm. that are interrupters. And then I have friends who it is the most disrespectful thing you can do is to interrupt oh, them. And how fucking dare you? I, I hate those people. It's a, that's But a sometimes tough I get mad at my other friend and I'll be like, what the fuck? And she's like, you interrupt all the time. And I'm like, it is true, but it is annoying me right now. I hate when but- people comment on a podcast. I used to get it a lot where people would be like, oh, he interrupts them all the time. I'm like. Yeah, we're we're friends. Like, there's no like. So I I try to apologize for it more because of you know you hear you have sometimes listeners are like, oh, he won't shut the fuck up. He always you know interrupts everyone all the. And I'm like, yeah, but I I wouldn't interrupt someone I didn't think that I would that enhance the conversation. I don't know. I for sure. Or I've gotten conscious when I know I do it. I'll go. I interrupted you. What were you saying? Or like, I'm yeah. sorry. I interrupt. Like I have to acknowledge it because this one crazy bitch in my life didn't like it. <laughs> I'm trying to get better too. I, I do. I try, but well, because it's, and it's a cultural, I talk to like etiquette things. It's like, it is cultural. If you grow up in a family where everyone's talking over each other and it doesn't seem like disrespectful, then that's a sign of comfort and like chillness. And then if you came from a different place, it's that it's like, we're all just coming from our fucking parents trying their best. And then we're pissed that we all don't understand each other. And it's like, how could we, we grew up with different lunatics. Yeah. The idea of my family going, you interrupted me. is like (laughs) crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And this is just social media. Another thing I love about your family. I love that you do holidays at a restaurant. That is my fucking, I love that. We That's love, my future. Oh, we really we we restauranted up on the holidays. We 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 have left behind the olden times of turkey in the oven. It's great. Yeah, I really love that. Okay. <laughs> So she loves the pods as a fellow interrupter. I too am working on it. I find myself talking back to you while I'm listening. Oh, that's cute. Uh, People don't understand interrupters aren't trying to be rude. We're just excited and engaged. I was though. I was the one always welcoming the new kid to the group. I feel like I'm genuinely caring and a generous person, but that didn't stop my aunt and her daughters from trying to sabotage my wedding or oh, my no. ex-best friend from using my picture for her online dating profile. I guess my kindness is mistaken for weakness, making me an easy target. This email is not about them, though. I mean, I want to know about this <laughs> wedding. What the fuck? Wait, what, what, what? It's not about this? I'm writing down notes. <laughs> There's a sabotaged wedding. This, how does... Oh, my God. Okay. Ex-best friend using your pictures? How do you even know? Oh, my God. <laughs> So, um, I okay, this email is not about... <laughs> what could this be about? Oh, my God. It's, um, it's, a lo- it's about a longtime enemy, my husband's sister-in-law. Since the day I met Amy, I knew we would clash. I'm an extrovert, introvert. I thrive in social situations while also preferring my solitude. My husband and I have been dating for four months and had been... And when she started dating his brother, she was incredibly awkward. So I tried really hard to make her feel welcome. She shut it down real quick, trying to establish her alphaness. An actual beta trying to be an alpha is not cute. They immediately started talking about marriage. She made comments to me like, don't get any ideas. And I'm not asking you to be a bridesmaid in case you guys break up. Like, bitch, I don't want to be in your wedding because I don't like you. I helped my husband's 80-something-year-old grandma pick out her dress for their wedding because she asked for my opinion. Amy made her return it because there was too much black in it and then said I was trying to ruin her wedding. 
Her tantrums seemed to always happen on Easter. Grandma's dress debacle was in, on Easter, and one time she got offended by something my husband said and stormed off. When he went to apologize, she made a big production saying my husband verbally attacked her and made her feel unsafe. Everyone who knows my husband was infuriated with her accusations as he is a sweet teddy bear. And that is when I told him he is never to be alone with her ever as she is dangerous. 18 years later. Oh my now God. we both have kids, one uh, one apiece, and uh, and on Easter, her five-year-old charged my 18-month-old and pushed him into the front door. He hit his head and knocked the wind out of him. I saw red. However, I stayed eerily calm. They did not address their son's behavior at all. After they left, I had a serious talk with my in-laws about not letting the boys play unattended. They agreed. A couple of days later, we got a call from his parents asking if we noticed uh, them favoring our son over theirs because Amy said Oliver's Easter gift was better. How do I continue attending family functions without reacting, re- without reaching over and just smacking the shit out of her? Thanks in, advi- Thanks in advance for the advice. Advance advice? That's too hard. Uh, if you ever need a lively guest with juicy stories, yeah, you're coming back, bitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, she wanted to buy herself a cameo but didn't want to seem lame. Babe, I'll send you a six-minute cameo. Just do it. <laughs> do it. And... Um, Order it off the website. You save money and I get more money. Okay. Anyways, this is tough to learn. And I think we know this because of comedy and the amount of people we're around that are fully mentally ill. Mm. Some people are mentally ill. This is a mentally ill woman. This is a narcissist. This is bipolar. This is borderline personality. This is an Mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. She's not changing. Everything's about her. True. We have to acknowledge, though, that they're talking about I, I I thought the the fact that they say eighteen years later is like <laughs> hilarious to me, but it also has to acknowledge that she brought up um her ex be, you know best friend and the wedding that was eighteen years ago. She's still talking about the friend from eighteen years ago showing up to the what was it the wedding. Um, she used the photos and then her aunt sabotaged her wedding, but we didn't get okay, any details. Your wedding was 18 years ago, I think. Right. Like, didn't she say fast forward 18 years? Yeah. So it's like, well, maybe the whole... wedding was 10 years, but this has been a while. But They've been together to a while. she acknowledge that she holds on to grudges. She has to acknowledge that. And I'm only saying it. So I'm not trying to blame the victim, but she wrote into us. She's the only one we can talk to. You know, so we have and I'm not saying it's all her fault, but I'm saying she has to let go a little bit. And and, and that's part of the advice. And it's, it's to to your point, um, Lisa, is to say you're dealing with a crazy person and you have to treat them as such that you can't hold on. You kind of have to go. That's who they are. That's what they are. You can't sit there and expect anything from them. You have to expect the unexpected. Expect and they want attention. She yes. likes when you flip out. Yes. She likes it. She needs the attention. You know what would yes. drive her crazy? If you just stayed calm and didn't give a shit. And obviously when your kid is injured, that's like a different situation. Sure. But in terms of like the favorite, like anytime she tries to rile you up, you know what's going to piss her off? If you don't rile up. The worst thing she could have done, I, I agree. The worst thing she did was to tell her husband he's not allowed to be alone with her. Let your husband be, and to say she's dangerous. Don't give her so much fucking credit. You know, let, she, the, the one thing you can count on is that this person is going to fuck themselves over. 
So understand that will happen. Maybe not today, maybe not on your timeline, but let it happen for them. And it might be in the form of their kids and their family just don't get along real well because they didn't really put the structure in place to have a family. So you should worry about your family, your central group, Get, making plans with your in-laws and having grandpa and grandma on your time when you have to do everyone combined, you go. Happy to be there. Great to see you. Mm, mm, kiss on the cheek. Okay, get gifts for the kids, but like, don't. I wouldn't give this person any energy. No, I would kind of play dead. Later in bed, not in front of your kids, because I was going to say in the car, but you don't want to do this in front of your kids. This mm. fucks my. This is where my parents fucked up. Talk shit about her with your husband. Yes. Get drunk, smoke a bowl, and then you guys can laugh at what a lunatic she is. This was totally. HL and Scott's advice from another episode for, for someone where it was like, just laugh at the lunatics. Right. And, and also, at some point, your in-laws are going to be involved in the laughter. Like, yes. you know, because again, don't if you're there sparring with this woman, you're, you're no now better the than one, her. You're no better than her. And you're now the ones the in-laws talk about, too. I'd rather be ringside with the in-laws and my husband having a ball watching the lunatic dance around in the ring. And, and I think this person, uh, for them, it's about letting go of grudges and past misgivings because they are someone who holds on to things. They have proven it in, their e- in a, in a two-paragraph email. They reference six people they have issues with. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. And it's hard as someone that's had to realize a lot of the issues are my fault. It's not mm-hmm. fun. It's well, not cool to look back and fuck. I fucked up that friendship. I fucked that up. And I don't have that good a friend anymore because of what I did. And you have to. You, well, sorry, to do, you got to, to acknowledge to do that. Also, you have to offer retribution. You have to this person. You have to allow them to surprise you, even though we don't think they will. When they do nice things and they are cool, be cool to them. You know, you, you, because they are in your life. You're not getting rid of them unless they get a divorce from your, you know, from your brother-in-law. But I'm just saying, like, you know, you have to be able to be civil with them. And part of being civil is having nice moments with them that, you know, you didn't expect. Like, they're not going to be, you know, your best friend. But, you know, when you're at a, having a glass of wine at the family function, give them a laugh. You know, don't sit there angrily. Yes. And if you guys do have like a great day, don't use that as evidence to like forget all of these plans. Oh, now no. we're friends. No, this is no, a crazy you're not person. friends. <laughs> you, you just you got by, <laughs> you know, you, you had a good one. Good for that. Enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll do. You're so good at this. Am I even going to be able to have a podcast after? Yeah, They're going to be like, we it. can't even listen to her. Stop you give it. really good advice. And I reach out to you when I have issues. I, you know, mm-hmm. I always um, I always reach out. Okay, there's just a reason. You're always in the charts with you up. You guys are really crushing it. We try our best, but uh, I love every episode of my podcast with Lisa is a must listen. (laughs) It is so much fun. Lisa comes on just like ready to like the best part about you on a podcast is like you get it all. It is all just gushing out of you. And it's perfect. (laughs) It's great. Okay, we're going to do this final one. And then um, that's that. Because you're so good at it. In, okay, it says in the, like a little asterisk, I used her real name for your reading benefit, but I'm not sure if she listens to your bo- podcast. I guess I'll find out. Thrilling. <laughs> well, hold on. 
<laughs> this is a messy person right away. Like, I, I'm not sure if she listens, but I guess we'll see. Like, what? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this email. OK, I don't really need advice. OK, because this okay. is resolved now. But I did want to tell you the story of how I became enemies with my freshman year roommate. For context, we met through our university's classes Facebook page and were matched as roommates because we had similar interests and living preferences. I later learned that she lied on the compatibility form to match my answers and increase our compatibility rating, which in hindsight is the first red flag. Yes, we found another roommate and all three of us got along until we made new friends at the beginning of the school year and the friend group expanded. She got super territorial over us, her roommates, and made a point not to be friendly um, or inviting to our other friends. Essentially, she was just controlling and psychotic. So we rode out that year and went on a trip that summer that didn't go well and basically didn't speak after that. When the fall rolled around and we went back to campus, we all lived together and she lived elsewhere. So she would just drop by unannounced at her house to hang out, which was always super weird and awkward for us. At some point, I just got tired of being fake with her and pretending I wanted to hang out. So I sent her a text about how I thought she was a bad person because she treated us like shit and I didn't want to be friends with her anymore. It seemed like the most straightforward way to cut ties with her, but my other friends found it kind of harsh. Ultimately, we all won, though, because we hated her and did not miss her. And now we've developed a sort of slang out of her name, which where we use the verb for for form. Her name is Tristan. So we would say got Tristaned to describe getting cut off exiled. I guess I want your opinion on whether I'm truly an asshole here. Maybe my delivery was off, but how else do you make it clear that you really don't like someone and don't want them around? Honestly, I didn't even think it was cruel. I just wanted to be concise and final. Do you think I'm crazy for this? I wish I had a screenshot of the text to attach, but I don't. Anyway, let me know if you think this makes me a terrible person or how you would have handled the situation. Love your comedy, Michaela. Well, I don't think they're a terrible person, but I don't think they handled this how I would have handled this. Um, It goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. This idea of having to like turn on or off a relationship. And I'm guilty of this. I am guilty of this. And it's not smart and it does. It's not a good life motto. Like they could have just drifted apart from one another, seen each other on campus and had a nice hello and wow, we used to hang out a lot. We should do that again and then never hang out again. That, well, that is okay. I think she was just coming to the house unannounced and it could have been like, we really don't like this un- like unannounced visitors that, or is it, that pl- plain well, coy I mean, that, that, No, but that could have been the way to go about it. It's, to me, it sounds like I'm reading between the lines, but it sounds like you know they, they matched freshman year um, and as people do, they become friends or not with their dorm room roommate or their dorm mate. And then you find your group. And this person sounds like they found their group. And it sounds like the other person didn't. And I kind of feel bad for them. Like, I feel bad because they were probably still searching for their nook of campus. And they probably got worried that everyone has found friends already. So they tried even harder to push towards your group. And that's why they're showing up at your apartment. You guys all moved in together without the one person. So you guys found friends. And again, sometimes people are just not good at meeting new people. And that's probably why they changed their personality profile. But like, to me, this is to me, if like this person was diagnosed with a social, like, uh, like, if they were diagnosed with something by a doctor, you might feel more badly. Like to me, they're the, you know, if this, 
it sounds like this person has trouble making friends just generally. And, well, and we're all so young, like to freshman year, we all acted like maniacs, I bet if we look back. So we don't know how to deal with stuff like she might have felt left out or rejected. Like we all just want to belong, you know, so she is, of course, acting crazy, like weird because she feels weird and she doesn't belong. And it's this new thing. And she wanted you to be her friend so bad. And then you didn't want it. And it's like it brings out weird behaviors for sure. Yeah. And I, I'm sure like she did things that she's not proud of, too. But like. Here's the thing that's like worrisome to the emailer. Like you're still kind of taking pleasure in it. Like, you know, you're still kind of owning, you know, using the name to describe deserting someone. Like to me, this isn't a proud moment. This is a sad moment. I have that in my life. You know, like I'm not saying I'm above this person at all. Like there's moments in my life, again, in high, in college, I wish I had acted differently. I wish I had gone with option B instead of option A with, you know, I've many also times. been Tristan. I, I had friends in, this happened to me. I had friends in mm. college and the three of them went and got an apartment without me and told me after this happened oh, to me. And did you, what did you do? I was devastated. Yeah. I was yeah. devastated and I had to find a place to live. And I lived in an extra bedroom with this like 40 year old man off campus. And and I'm sure there was. And a then I got arrested like- and dropped out of college and moved. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it that's sucked. A, but that's they the didn't thing like is- me. And it's because I I knew I was jealous of one of them. I didn't fully fit in. I didn't know how to handle it. Maybe I came on too strong. Maybe I was too much of me. Whatever it was. They couldn't even tell me beforehand. Yeah. I mean, we had a... Uh, and it was in the coolest building. Like, they they got... They rented uh, an apartment they, so they with, like, the cool apartment with the restaurant below with the yeah. spiral staircases and that. Like, they got, like, the cool apartment. I, I went to live at a house with some random people. So I've yeah. been... I've, I've been Tristan's. I've... I You know, and I've had, you know, Tristan's in my life as well. So, like, I'm not... But I look back on it and I cringe at myself. You know? Like, I... And I just feel bad for this person because especially that you brought up a great point. It's freshman year. Everyone's just trying to figure out who they are. Who am I? Like, who's this? Di- and I get to create whoever I the, I get to create the person I want to be. I'm not under my, under my parents roof. I'm not around the high school people that I knew since I was eight years old who I can't really lie to. I get to be new me, the me that I want to be. And then. You, the the other roommates are like, well, we love all the new me's except that one. And so you get exiled. And then, you know, they're kind of left with the leftovers of the college campus people. Like they've got to go find a new group in the hardest time to find a new group when it's not assigned. You know, dorm room, you're assigned to one another. So it's easier to find your group. And if you couldn't find it when you were assigned, you really got to be worried when you're unassigned. So that's whether they showed up and then. You know, I think there's a better way to go with the text. It could have been, hey, you keep showing up. You could have figured it out better. Yeah. um, I saw a quote on the Internet and it was like, honesty doesn't have to be brutal. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be harsh. You can get space from people without hurting feel. You know, there's like softer ways to get what you want, which is her out of your life without finding like you said kind of pleasure and being like fuck you no one likes you but I did that to a friend in high school like um all my friends all this actually happens to me in adulthood and I get like um 
trauma like I am I'm I'm like fuck I've never grown kind of (laughs) and I have to remember like I am not who I used to be I'm this is a new thing but I'm I find myself in situations where I'm in Fred groups where we're all talking shit about one person and we all hate Mm. this one person and I and then I hate the duplicitousness of it I hate Mm. then we're talking shit about this person all of lunch and then we're at dinner with this person I don't like it it doesn't settle well with me like do we like this person or not and so I'm the one that usually breaks and I go listen I don't fucking like you yeah. and they don't like you. I, mean, I don't like this. And you're acting like this and that. And I've gotten softer throughout the years in the communication, but that it doesn't always help. Like if you're telling someone like, I don't really like this and I don't like being around, you know, and then you find out there's all this shit talking and then those people continue being friends with that person. And you're actually the one exiled. That's yeah. happened to me in high school. And it kept, it's happened to me recently as an adult and we- it's tough and unfortunately, the, my friend from high school, she, like, sorry to bring it down. She died when we were 21. Hey. And so it's like, I miss those years. I think about those years. You know, we had gotten back on track, but it's like, I think about that all the time because I regret, I regret it. I, and I have, there's nothing I can do about it. She is no longer here. And so it, but I've been that person that like have been Tristan, but I've been that person that's like, we don't like you. But then everyone's just two-faced around me and it's hard for me to handle well that's the thing you you know talking shit doesn't mean you're two-faced do you know what i mean like everyone is redeemable everyone like i yes complaining lightly but if you're like this person's hours of the day we're talking about this one person it's just too much well yeah to invite them out to dinner that night is probably not the right move i mean but i again you know it's it's like I can understand, you know, I can like someone, but also understand who they are. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I know where they fit into my life and I know who they are to me and I know not to be surprised when they do certain things, but then I can also hang out with them in a social scenario and have a nice time. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, but I think at that age, especially young, you have no idea how to work that out. And and so I don't, this person writing in, I don't blame, I don't think they're evil. No, but not I, at all. I, I, I think you have to understand like, yeah, that, you know, maybe you wouldn't do that today, you know, like. Or think if you were that person, like if someone straight up said, we hate you, you're yeah. bad. Like, you can't you don't come back to, from that. You don't have to be the judge, you know, you don't need to have right. the gavel. Like, they don't have to know that. You don't, because I'm sure that's affected that. I want an, I want an update. How old are you now? Do you know what this person's up to? Like, I am well, really gonna, curious about everything. We're going to find out if they listen to the podcast by the use of their name. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's exactly. the other thing this person said at the beginning. Well, maybe, I don't care because I'm not friends with them anymore, but maybe we'll find out that they listen. It's like, you're still kind of getting off to this. Like, it's time to move on and, and have a little regret. It's okay to say, I would have done it differently today. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, la- and then hopefully you could laugh about it once you come to terms with it, like, what an idiot I was. Or, right. it'll, or it'll be dreadful. But you're right. Like, because I feel this sometimes too, where I hang out with friends and I'm like, wow, all these stories I have to talk about are conflict or someone that I <laughs> was mean to. And I go, that's not a life. I don't want to no. tell a story. I don't want to just talk about. That's what people think Enemies was. And it's turned into this like growth podcast because none of my enemies will come on. Um, <laughs> I- I'm going to let you go. 
But I have to tell one of my favorite memories is um, I got to open for Jared in Chicago. Um, 11, 11 sold out shows. It was so fun. We're at Zany's. He's about to have this business meeting for an opportunity. And and I like and the guy comes up and he remembers me. I go, yeah, we had a meeting. You never called me back. And I made the most awkward thing. And Jared <laughs> afterwards goes, you couldn't just shut up for one second. Like you had to make it awkward. He's like, what's wrong with you? I'm trying to sign a deal. The deal was signed. So all was I forgiven. Know. But I, I, it was no, I remember that because they came up and I'm like, I got them tickets to the show. Thank you so much for coming. Great to see you. And then they're like, oh my God, I know you. And you're like, yeah, we, you, you didn't call me back. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Oh no, I said, yeah, it's weird. You haven't said hi to me. I knew that we've met. Like yeah. I said something like that. And I was like, literally, I wish there was like a camera on my face because my jaw like hit the ground. Like, what what is going on here? I think that was our nightclubbing night. I also loved uh, another great example of our two separate personalities. We're in the Soho House pool. Mm-hmm. A woman comes to talk to us. We find out that she lies and pretends she doesn't know who you are. She definitely knows who you are, follows yeah. you, has messaged you. Yeah. Um. I, I I'm wanting to hang out with you at the pool. Sure. And then now and now we have a friend for life that is yeah. messaging us. Con- you know, like I talked <laughs> to good, her. Now. A good friend. Yeah. She's yeah. and see, positive <laughs> came out of it. All right, tell everyone about everywhere that they can find you. Just find me on Instagram because that's kind of the center of my wheel, at Jared Freed. I put up podcasts. I yell at The Bachelor. I I never but shut these the fuck are, up. But people that are listening are podcast people, so say the names of your podcast. Okay, so though. my podcast is the J Train Podcast, which you can go and find. If you search Lisa Traeger and j train podcast she's been on so many times so you'll have like a good appetizer to the show and i've been going on it for like eight years like you can really see how our lives have changed you see me in love you've seen me broken hearted totally (laughs) it's really there is an evolution there it's really great (laughs) um and then i was the the you up podcast which is um uh, really centers on dating and relationships and it's with Betches. It's a fantastic show. So it's a U up podcast, the J train podcast. I also host the bachelor podcast, which is a bachelor recap show. Um, so I never shut up all hours of the day. So no, yeah, go check it out. Enjoy France. I can't wait. I'll, I'll be, we'll talk. We'll, we'll, I know, we'll but touched. I'm just like, I'm happy for you and I Thank want you. you to unplug. I, oh, there's an unplug coming. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, oh, my God. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. I told you it's good. He's good. Um, And uh, make sure you go check out his TED Talk. It just recently came out in the past week. Um, and it's who should pay for the first date. Um, so I can't I I can't wait to watch it. This is like a reminder for me to watch his TED talk. I hope you can see our genuine friendship and my like positive feelings towards him. And I hope that you guys gain some cool stuff from Jared and his knowledge of dating and running around town. Um, I hope you guys eat great snacks. I hope you, you know, don't let 
the horrors of the world into your brain and heart for too long and enjoy these sweet moments with people that you like and things around you. And I hope you find comfort. And am I going to say joy again? Who am I? A pillow at TJ Maxx. Um, sometimes I get too sincere, but I really loved this episode. I loved talking to him. Jared is very busy, so I'm glad we got to squeeze him in and um, go support his ass. And thank you so much for listening to Enemies. Like truly, what an honor. What an honor that people listen. It really makes my day. Thank you so much. Enjoy your summer. Enemies is a headgum podcast. Anya Konevskaya is our supervising producer. Ali Kahan is our associate producer. Rochelle Chen is our engineer, editor, and producer. And me, Lisa Traeger. I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You are incredible. Jack Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram at Glitter Cheese and at Enemies Podcast. Rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com. But really, I'd love to hear your beautiful voices. So email us a voice memo or call in and leave a message at 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.